Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 222nd episode of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast, recorded on May 15th, 2023. On the podcast today, we're going to have a man describe both his emotional reaction and strategic analysis of the Bucks' own Coach Bud getting shit-canned, Andrew Clark. Sad. Good. Wow. It, it, when I say good, I do not mean that, like, I'm happy that Bud got fired. I'm very sad about it. It it also sucks that his brother literally died in the middle yeah. of the series. Like, he probably was not thinking straight. And so some of his fuck-ups were probably just due to the fact that he wasn't all there, which is super understandable. Right. Um, he won... He got us to, he got us a fucking chip, man. Like he got the Milwaukee Bucks a championship. Well, Giannis got us a championship. <laughs> I was but, gonna say, like, but but helped a lot. <laughs> like he he helped put together a team that was capable of winning, and then they fucking did it. Yeah, like that's awesome. Bud Bud deserves to be in the Bucks Hall of Fame. Like I, I'm I'm sure. gonna say it. Like yeah, it. But it was a weird couple of years that he had as coach. Because almost that entire sequence, the Bucks were kind of the best team in the NBA, and everyone knew it. Yeah, and they were they were the best regular season team the last four years. Everybody agrees on that. Mm-hmm. And then, other than the year we won the championship, we kind of lost in embarrassing fashion each year. And it's it's like he was incapable of adjusting to the postseason. I mean, we came very close to not even getting to the finals the year that we won. And then we lost the first two games of, of the final series. And just by the grace of God had one of the most epic NBA comebacks in championship history. Yeah. Like that is, it's weird because as a Bucks fan, as a malnourished Bucks fan, like that, that playoff run, that's going to be in my memory. Like, that is, I'm going to forget the voice of my father as dementia starts to take over before I forget some of the highlights of that of that playoff run. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, especially with the Heat still doing way better than like they have any right to be it's weird you this, know this whole playoffs is fucking weird dude yeah like, we had a long ass conversation on the podcast a while back about how the lakers were not frauds but like sh- nobody should be afraid of them because like you know there were 14 teams better than them the lakers went fucking nuclear yeah in the playoffs against good teams like and right. and the Heat are doing the same. Like we we didn't see this out of them, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Okay, wait, we're big franchises that know how to win. We're just gonna do that instead of losing." <laughs> and and like, it's it's fucking weird. If if the conversation is switching more broadly to just what the playoffs looks like right now, it's so weird to say. Wow, I'm surprised the Lakers and the Miami Heat are doing this well in yeah, the five NBA years club. ago. We'd be laughed at for saying something like that, right? It's uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I 
man, like I know it's just by the virtue of how the playoffs work. It's like hard by the end of it, not to say that one team is definitively better than the other, but really feels like the Warriors are better than the Lakers, but they just, and it really felt like the Bucks were better than the heat. Yeah. They just, neither team played like it. They, even during that series, even during that series, it was, man, Bucks pulling ahead far and away with every win and every win the Heat got, it felt like they had to play lights out the entire time. Yeah. And like, they just kept doing that. And then they did it again for, uh, and then they did it again against the, um, uh, you just said them, the, 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 uh, the fraudulent the, guy. The, well, the, the Heat were playing the Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah. yeah. And then it, they kept beating the Knicks. Granted, the the Knicks did not look good. The Knicks and the Knicks were not a powerhouse. The Knicks right. were really bad for a really long time and just kind of put something together this year. Yeah. But like the Bucks loss was embarrassing. Right. I mean, very like incredibly embarrassing. Like this will hurt forever. If we win the championship next fucking year, this series loss will still hurt. <laughs> Uh, unless it, it was, keeps going, unless the Heat ends up winning everything, and then it's like still, still the Heat <laughs> were the fucking eight seed. They bar- they lost to a play-in team, like they they barely made the playoffs. Like they were one win away from getting eliminated yeah. before the playoffs even started, and they beat the best team by far in the NBA, at least in the regular season, and not close. <laughs> they they stomped us. They killed us. They, I. They pissed on our graves. God, and maybe this is just a further argument for why I cannot, I just can't with regular season basketball. <laughs> because, like, what's it matter? The playoffs are so big and huge and sprawling already that it's like, I don't know, I get an entire fandom's worth of entertainment just tuning in for the Bucks when they're in or around the playoffs, you know? Like, it. Yeah, and I, what is being the best regular season team even worth? Apparently, I mean, yeah, because the play like if you go an entire you know playoffs, if you mm-hmm. win the championship, you play that amount of games. That's like what half of the regular season. It feels <laughs> like, like it. The regular season is like two thirds of the season if you end up going all the way. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, I don't know. The regular season matters. But like it doesn't as ma- it doesn't matter as much as people think it does. Mm-hmm. It's not like football. I don't know. I, and they intentionally Just did sad. this. The NBA intentionally did this, where they widened. I, any decent team can get into the playoffs now, or have a chance to play into the play, whatever. But um, yeah, no, I. Uh, I will admit, like. I had always had the vibe that uh, 2021, maybe the Bucks won it all a little bit in spite of Coach Bud rather than directly because of him. Maybe that's selling him short a little bit, but it's no, still... you're you're right. Like, but Bud did not have a good playoffs. He kept playing the wrong guys and everyone knew it. That like championship series, though, he did coach out of his mind. Yeah. He, he really got his shit together. Some of that was just put your best players on the court all the time, which is, I mean, but that was also a thing that he had a problem with before is he would play just random dudes that he liked for no reason. And like assign guys to the wrong, <laughs> like offensive player. And yeah, or, was... 
or he's been faking it till he makes it the entire time and was like, yeah, no, I genuinely think Jeff Teagues is the eighth best man on our roster right now. He yeah. he should play. He'd have 20 minutes of playing time every series, like yeah. as a rule. 20 minutes, zero points, shooting like zero for 16, two rebounds, four fouls. <laughs> but like when you are as good as the Bucks have been, the expectations are really high. Yeah. Like if if the the Bucks had just, you know, lost in the first round of the playoffs and it was sad, Bud wouldn't have gotten fired. But like we have had the best team three or four years in a row. And like, I know it sounds really childish to be like, and we only got one championship out of that. But like you had so many shots at getting a championship. You could have, you could have had reasonably one of the best dynasties the last 30 years. And like, we, we kind of found ways to fumble away most of those chances. And that goes to coaching. And so like, you get to the point where like good isn't good enough. You need someone that can take you to the next level. And right. we got to the next level, but now we need someone to take us to that next level. Cause we're going to run out of time. Our Did roster's you? old as yeah. fuck. Like we need to keep Giannis around and, and Giannis is not a petty guy, like famously. So, but like if you're Giannis, it doesn't matter how humble you are at a certain point. You can be like, I'm the best player in basketball. I should be somewhere where I can win every single fucking year. Are the very least is paid somewhere where that's true, where he can like more easily get ad deals that capitalize on that. I uh, God, it yeah, this is Brooke Lopez's best year ever, maybe. And we didn't yeah. make it past the first round of the playoffs. That's just frustrating as someone I like basketball is a really good sport. We've invented a really good sport. And yeah, we missed an opportunity to, I'm not going to say Brooke Lopez is one of the best there ever was, but a really interesting player playing at the top of this game. A really important guy to this team and has been for a while. Yeah. Ah, Frustrating. He Um, he played out of his fucking gourd this season. And like, he won't be that good next year. Brooke Lopez could still be pretty good. He's not going to be that good. Just that like you, you just can't sustain that at his age with the caliber of player that he is. He's not LeBron James. (laughs) He can't be an, an all NBA all-star first team defense every single year in his late thirties. He can't do that. (laughs) He doesn't need to be for the bucks to make it to the playoffs. But yeah, it, um, I forget the bubble year. Did we did we make it to the conference finals in the bubble year? Um, I I want to say we got beat out in the second round by right. And like I can't remember. And yeah, I mean, like that's what yeah the Bucks feel like. What the Bucks are right now. Like okay, cool. We won the finals one year, and that was spectacular. We won everything one year. We got the championship, but then every other year outside of that, we got beat out. In like the second round, which ah, we're, we're yeah, we're better than that, and I think that does come down to coaching. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Lucas the writer. I watched the John Mulaney special. You see this? I saw a. I know that I'm gonna get 
absolutely lit up for this by the zero people that watch this podcast. But um, I watched a lot of this on YouTube shorts. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw a lot of one minute clips from this and it I I see how you wrote it in the uh, planning document and it is, it is funny. I'm not going to try to pretend that John Mulaney isn't funny. I've, I was never really that into him, but he is a right. funny guy. But yeah, it is a lot of him just posting L's online. Which, which is like a genre of comedy. I, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I'm getting a little tired of that. Like, yeah, John Mulaney made a little and like he had his own take on it. And that was interesting. But he made a little bit of a cancel culture joke. And it's like, eh, this is old hat at this point. Um, Yeah, it was just a lot of. I'm a drug addict. You guys want to hear about my intervention and how I went to rehab and how all of that was really bad and my life was in shambles and I'm still doing fine despite all of that shit. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, but it's, yeah, it was entertaining. Uh, I I laughed a lot. There was some stuff that like I probably, I felt bad about laughing about. But no, he's really good. The mechanics of comedy, like the delivery, like, the cadence the pro at all of that stuff, but just. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't know what, like, I actually don't know where I'm going with that. Maybe, maybe this is like the only way a special could have gone. Maybe he only could have like talked about this stuff, made jokes about this stuff following like his very public uh, trip to rehab and life upheaval. Like maybe this had to happen for him to, be the the more interesting comedian that comedian and writer that like he is very easily capable of being so yeah that's what i got um (laughs) the bit where he was like do you know how annoying it is to have 14 people responsible for saving your life. Yeah. And it's like, oh, for the rest of my life, I have to get 14 different people dinner every single time we go out. No, <laughs> you saved my life. The the bit of him talking about Fred Armisen, just like <laughs> not doing an accent or a bit and having and how much it fucked with him during his intervention. Like, we're really worried about you, man. Uh. That reminds uh, me. I watched a little bit more of Barry. Oh. Fred, well, Fred Armisen as the really bad gadget assassin. <laughs> um, okay, that worked so well in my humble opinion because they had Guillermo del Toro at the top of it and you're like, oh my god, that's Guillermo del Toro playing a role you wouldn't associate with him. They used up the cameo budget. In- wait, wait, Guillermo del Toro was in there? Yeah, he was like the uh, uh, Mexican like assassin guy that was talking to uh, Noho Hank and Christopher. Oh, the Toro guy with the yeah, hat? I didn't know Guillermo that was Guillermo del, del Toro. Toro. <laughs> oh my god, that- that's what made the Fred Armisen thing work for me because I thought, well, they got Guillermo del Toro, that's gonna be it for this one, and, and then, then all of a sudden he's just there sweating bullets. <laughs> okay, I know we're laughing about this, but I do have to say, I hate this season so wow. fucking much. It is not funny. There's so few jokes, and the ones that are like that are there are just like kind of okay. It's so dark. It's so heavy. It is taking itself so fucking seriously. <laughs> I hate 
literally every single character in this. The only thing that had like, are you caught up? Yes. Yeah. Because I stopped watching halfway through episode five because I just couldn't fucking take it anymore. I the only thing that this show had going for it at this point was Noho Hank and Cristobal. And they had to go full on like, no, there there is no comedic relief in this comedy show anymore. We're killing off the only thing that you care about in the show. The only thing that was worth watching about it is just gone in a very dramatic, sad fashion. <laughs> and like, what the fuck is Sally's character, dude? Why is she even there anymore? Why is she there? What decisions has she made that makes sense in any context? Re- like, regardless of what her character is, they don't make any sense. They definitely don't make any sense for the character that she has. And are you fucking kidding me? A 10-year time jump and they're just hanging out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere? Fuck you. This is not that series of a show. This is not that show. Fuck you. This sucks. It's not funny. It's not entertaining. And I don't want to watch it anymore. I think it's funny in like a cosmic sense. Oh my god. (laughs) Suffering... (laughs) tragedy plus time equals comedy and there's so much tragedy and plus there's a 10 year time jump so like that means that it's funny it's kind of ridiculous that they did that though it's like ridiculous doesn't equal funny and or artistic did you watch um uh uh we're doing this on a monday uh yesterday's episode no i didn't i i i'm telling you dude i i stopped halfway through episode five I don't know if I'm going to pick it back up. I wow. probably will at some other point just like binge the last couple episodes. Um, uh, you might like writer strike on the way. lost me. Uh, I was going to say writer strike on the way it's going. You might not have much else you're able to watch. Yeah. Uh, pretty God quick. Damn. But. I don't know. Like, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. It's a. Uh, yeah, it is different than uh, what the show was in season one, but also I don't know where you're expecting these characters to end up or like how it's know. a it's a television show. They can end up anywhere you want. I don't I don't understand the whole thing where like all of a sudden towards the end of last season and then throughout this whole thing, Barry is just actually schizophrenic and hallucinant not like seeing things that aren't there just like having weird avant-garde visions i it's i don't know dude it's it's dumb he's mentally unwell like he is like medically psychotic barry was always like a bad guy who was trying to be good and like you could if not root for him like at least understand him and like kind of like him yeah. There, there's not a shred of likability in Barry anymore as a character. Not only is he just like a heinous human being without a single redeemable quality, <laughs> but he's also just like not fun to watch anymore. Like Barry's recovered version of himself is just the lamest, most boring person on planet Earth, who also is not just lame, but really dumb. Like, Barry out in the, you know, where are they, like, fucking Idaho? I think so, like, yeah. He's he's an idiot. 
I, not like a funny idiot, just like a boring guy. Wait, he's so, he's the guy. He he's Colin Farrell from the Banshees of Inisherin, except he's also not nice. He's just dull. I because you dropped in the middle of the episode, uh, you maybe didn't get this joke, and because you stopped in the middle of the episode, I'm not gonna feel bad about spoiling this. Um, it becomes clear in that episode after that time skip that like he is prepping his son to like love him once he tells his son about the truth of who he is and that is so dark and ridiculous and terrible that I can't help but laugh at that. That's not funny though. I uh, I'm still liking it. I, I'm, I'm. I like I'm it not as mad much, at you for like season it. two. Okay, but I'm like, I cannot, you. I cannot be convinced that this is a good series of television. Like, I'm so bummed out about this. Not, not just because this is a bumming show, yeah. but it's like I liked Barry a lot. <laughs> I liked it so much, and I was on your side for a lot of season three. Like, I know that Ryan also didn't like last season. I thought season three had a lot going for it. It just, you know, didn't stick the landing. I don't think this season though, man, I give it, I I really got to give it like a one out of 10. Wow. You don't watch enough bad TV to give something a one out of 10, but you know what? Fair. Hey, you know, it's, it's like we talked about with the bucks expectations are skewed. <sighs> you know, sometimes like Barry was a good enough show that, when it drops the ball this hard, you kind of got to light it up more than you would, you know, do to a show that was just okay. I I don't know if I agree with that, but fair. Um, uh, I'm really glad you phrased it that way, though, because uh, Ryan's on assignment, by the way, everyone. Uh, not with us today, which is fine, because Andrew and I are going to be talking about a video game that literally the moon uh expected of it the moon that may or may not be falling and you gotta collect a bunch of masks to stop it from killing everyone the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom uh but unlike barry uh for andrew this game seems to be meeting all of those expectations uh andrew what are what are you thinking about tears of the kingdom where are you in this it's good. It's so fucking it's good. It's good. Dude, it's it's crazy. Like it is it's really fucking good. Yeah. I mean, Breath of the Wild is I know there's some like technical recency bias, but it's been 6 years. Yeah. And people have not changed their opinion on that game. No. It's one of the best games of all time, for mm-hmm. sure. No one's going to argue against that. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's one of a lot of people's favorite games of all time. The expectations for this game were wild. Yeah. And I think it kind of met that perfect balance of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And let's give them something new, some some new shit that's really going to change the game and like uh, make it better. Like it it really hits that. So the couple of uh, this is going to be full of spoilers, at least as much as we've played the game discussion around it, yada, yada. If you want to go in completely fresh, which. I don't think that's even really possible or necessary for a game like Breath of the Wild. 
don't listen to this uh people who aren't listening to this already um i think a big part of the concern going into this game going into like a sequel to breath of the wild was you know the legend of zelda franchise has done this a couple times before uh majora's mask sequel to ocarina of time a bit of derision there uh link between worlds direct sequel to link to the past a uh, big derision there over whether or not it meets that bar or what's going on there. Um, I think something that's pretty different about Breath of the Wild, though, and Tears of the Kingdom compared to those uh, previous direct sequels, like people finished Breath of the Wild and were down for more Breath of the Wild. Like everyone who played yeah. that game, everyone who stopped either because they got all the shrines or was like, I've put 200 hours into this. I just, I need to be done with this now, but I can keep going back to it because it's still such a great sandbox. People have been down for just like a Breath of the Wild too, And not to be reductive of Tears of the Kingdom, but... But that's what it is. That's, yeah. what, that's what it was originally announced as, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Right. Like... Sorry, can continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I I think I was done talking, but I can keep going. Um Yeah, that is uh I finished the tutorial area. Uh and now I am in the like first uh area on land, uh exploring that, knocking out a couple of shrines there. Um I will say I think the tutorial area for Tears of the Kingdom is a little weaker than of Breath of the Wild, but that's more like that's more because the Great Plateau is just such a phenomenal, like, microcosm of the entire map. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, that is, yes. Um, but no, that was still really, that was still a really strong opening and, like, opening area. Yeah. So I will say this, and this is not a criticism of the game. It mm-hmm. goes back to that, like, perfect balance I hit before. Tears of the Kingdom is just breath of the wild but more <laughs> it's it is just that game but with more in it i mean the tutorial is exactly yeah. the same as breath of the wild it is i fucking identical just like with like a like a palette swap mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then you get down to the surface and it is the same overall map just with some changes. I mean, like, and I don't, I don't mean to like try to sell it short. Right. Like it, it's the same map, but there are changes to it. And the changes I think are pretty significant. Right. Um, and, and not like geographically, but like stuff to do. Like there's, there's more there. There's, there's more people, but then you get into the whole idea that like you have the entire game of breath of the wild. And then they just added more shit to it. Mm-hmm. There are more, of the uh i guess you would call them the main quests like they they have what i would say are almost certainly going to be the equivalent of the divine beast like go to the four corners of the map and check that shit out what's going on there and they meet, are meet some npcs and you know side characters uh what, what? Uh, with where you are in the game does it feel like they're really telegraphing hey you can go anywhere you should really go to the rito village first Go go hang out with the bird people. That's where you wanna. Yeah, the, yeah. The north northwest. Go that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, because everyone I was talking to, they were like, "Oh man, I'm hearing some weird shit about what's going on in the Rito Village. Sounds like it's really cold." Um, yeah, get, getting a lot of that. 
I probably will go there first just because the game is telling me I should. So maybe yeah. there's a reason for that. But like, then I met up with Impa and she's like, hey, there's all these weird Nazca lines all over the fucking map. That's what's going on with that. And then that's how you get the memories or not the me- the equivalent of the memories from Breath right. of the Wild. Which um, was something I was deeply curious about going into the game because that's how like most of the narrative of that game happens. Those like one to two minute long cutscene flashbacks. Yeah. Um, and it, but like, I think there's just going to be more of that. Like, I don't think it's going to be a super deep story. Yeah. But it's going to be enough. And like, that's fine. Yeah. That that's all we need I, um, <laughs> in, in this game. Like it doesn't work like that with every game. Most games I need a pretty strong narrative for, but like, they figured out how to just like not really put too much emphasis on that. Just do a good enough job. But then there's three goddamn layers of this map. Oh, my, I, that was going to be my question. Have you been have you been underground yet? I have not. I'm too afraid. Oh, uh, I've I been bet. in some ca- I've been in plenty of caves, but I haven't gone in the actual chasms because that shit's scary. I, <laughs> it's um... dark down there. Uh, I would recommend that uh, you get to that uh, sooner rather than later. Meeting up with uh, Robbie down there is how you unlock the uh, uh, the camera function on your. Mm. It's not a Sheikah slate anymore; it's a Pura pad. Yeah, uh, worst name, but whatever. <laughs> Pura grew up. That was weird. I have no idea how much time has passed. Exactly. Like Link and Zelda look exactly the same. But they're both a hundred plus years old due to fantasy malarkey. Well, so is Pura. Right. I have I have no idea how much time has passed between like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. And I especially have no idea how much time has passed between Zelda falling into the chasm, but maybe not really. And Link I don't, losing his jerk off arm and like waking up on Sky Island. Yeah. Link got roofied. Folk upon the rooftop of the Bellagio. His girlfriend's missing. Um, and he got a handy from a stranger. Um, I was going yeah. to make a joke. Link probably hasn't needed that arm very much since uh, since he, since Zelda came back. But now she's gone again. So, oh no. It feels like a stranger's doing it. Because it uh, is. Um. Although that so, yeah. is a weird lore thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, or did you have a... Well, no, no, no. You you go ahead with the lore. Uh, that is a weird lore thing I wanted to bring up uh, because the Zoni, Zoni... I'm Z- not going, Zoni. Zoni. Uh, that guy, um, which, yeah, fantastic that they introduce a new race of people within, like, the first two minutes of the game. Yeah, they're just, like, oh, by the way, history is deep. Who? Wow, new people! It's sure. been over the castle the whole time. Whatever, I believe you, it. Don't give a shit. You got it, Chief. Um, uh, his name is Raru. Um, and I think that's a reused name across the like Zelda canon. I think that was the Sage of Light in the uh, in Ocarina of Time, and like villages of the name of uh name of a village, the name of a sage prior to that. Uh. That's weird, and I wonder how that's going to tie into everything. Because right now I am getting some... I don't know, I'm getting some colonialist vibes from this game. I am getting like, yeah, there's a race of this super technologically advanced people, uh, one of which, the hero of which, 
shares the name with the first king of Hyrule. What could that mean? But now they're gone. And like, Raru's saying stuff like, oh, well, kind of weird that the kingdom is in the sky now. The Zonai kingdom is in the sky now when it used to be on the surface. And like, previous Zelda game, Hylians used to live in the sky and uh, they moved on to the surface with the blessing of a goddess. Oh, do you think they they, like sent the Zonai away to the sky? Maybe, and... When you do get I, I think under- Zelda said that the Zonai originated from the sky, though. Right. but he, At least at the beginning, she said that. Yeah. Right. But, like, that's where Hylians came from. So, I mean, I I don't know if the developers really care about the lore all that much. I'm just going to say that. Because, I mean, like, at least in the Breath of the Wild, they made it very clear that this is kind of its own universe. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, ten thousand years ago, all this shit happened, and mm-hmm. there were the the robot octopus things, and right, uh, and now there's like this whole other layer of ancient civilization, and it's like, yeah, you can, then, you can make stuff up. I don't care. But then they made an official Zelda timeline. So is that they wanted to sell can... merch. I mean, yeah. but also we know that there's multiple Zelda timelines, like that's part of the game is that there's multiple timelines multiple dimensions it doesn't it doesn't really matter all that much um but then i great sequence of the game i went to an area i recognized from the first game uh called it's either like the great tree stump or the giant tree stump um and in the first game you go there it's a giant like tree stump in the middle of a lake and in the first game there was a fire sword but in this game it's hollowed out now because time has passed so you jump in there go through a cave try to hold like mini dungeon and at the end of it you get an item which was a dlc item in the first game called um uh something like fierce deities boots and it's like the item description references majora's mask and like that whole canon of game so i i don't know i think those are more easter or if it's uh, maybe because you can unlock the face of link from link's awakening in this game like it's just it's just items, man. Like it doesn't matter. Mm. So what what have you done in the game? You you did the tutorial, you jumped off the sky islands, you went yep. down. Mm-hmm. So I it sounds like you met Pura, so I'm guessing you got the paraglider. Uh yeah, and that was weird, man. Those, Not having like, the paraglider for a I, while. Yep. Yeah. Cause that's where it wants you to go. Uh-huh. So that I didn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I I did 10 shrines. I, I went to like four different areas in the map before I went back there to get the paraglider. Before and you even had the ability to like unlock the map parts of those maps. Yep. Of, Jesus. Yeah. I I came across a couple different shrines where the paraglider was necessary. So I MacGyvered my way around it. And that's what makes this game so fucking cool. Right. Is that like, yeah, there there is a right way to do things. And you can say, screw you, I'm gonna do something really hard instead. I I think from the trailers, we know that the abilities from the previous Zelda game, uh, from uh Breath of the Wild, those come back eventually. Do they? Uh I think I remember I don't, seeing that. I don't think so. You don't no, I I I don't think so. Because you don't need Magnesis because Ultra, right, Hand, Ultra Hand is Hand, everything. Yeah. 
Um, I think they got rid of the bombs because they were too cheesy and it kind of like messed with what they were trying to do with like fusion and items and arrows and that kind of stuff. And we have bomb flowers back and those are, they're getting the job done and they're plentiful enough that that's never a concern for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then yeah, my follow up point was going to be that the new like key abilities, the new uh, Sheikah slate abilities are good and interesting enough that like maybe it's fine. Maybe it's, it's... definitely fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, the only one that I miss is the bombs because I could right. use it to cheese, and like I, it's better, it's more fun to not cheese. I mean mm-hmm. the the frozen pillar one was dumb. Yeah. Like I barely barely use that unless it was necessary for a puzzle. And you can like build boats now and like you yeah. have the gotcha capsules with fans and other propulsion systems in there. So like that's fine. Yeah. Mm. Um Yeah, and like you don't have to do the the freeze time one because you can reverse time. Like I don't Can you cast rewind on enemies? Um no, you can't. I don't Oh, well, okay. For all I know, like there's an upgrade to it, maybe. maybe Oh, because the original game had. That's another thing I'm running into in this game, like forgetting like a little bit of like. Wait, is this a quality of life improvement, or was this like a thing that was always in the original game? Um, like the ability to drop. Uh, when you open a chest now, when you're full of like weapons or shields or whatever, being able to drop them immediately. Uh, I like that. I can't remember if that was in the original game or not. It was not. Okay. Yeah. Good quality of life improvement. Yes, exactly. Um, The like whole recipe thing where you can just like find something with like the stats that you want. Yeah. And it'll put the items in your hand for it. Like that's that's new. Mm -hmm. I really, really like fusion, not just because like it's fun to make weird, wacky, like duct tape weapons, but because like, like, oh, I don't have any room in my inventory. Let me just glue a sword to a sword. And now I got double sword. It's, I haven't done that yet. It's, oh, shit. And not reverse, not like a Darth Maul. Like, you tape a sword handle onto the end of a sword, and you just got a really long sword. It's like your favorite scene from Deadpool 2 when What's-His-Name takes out all of his guns and puts them together to make an even bigger gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, sure, okay. I'm down for this. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think any weapon can be fused to any weapon. And I think pretty much every item can be fused to a weapon. Like you can put food on weapons uh, and some of them have effects. Like I I guess like if you put a mushroom on a spear, Mm -hmm. it makes people bounce. Oh, Um, okay. uh, Um, I don't know what happens if you put meat on it. I don't think anything or i think maybe it's like a enemies start hurting back I, I haven't tested that one out uh very much yet um but i haven't used enough usability to get around like the lack of a bomb uh mostly just by duct taping bombs onto arrows or weapons that are about to break that i'm gonna chuck anyway so then i creep up to an encampment and get to an elevated position and instead of dropping uh, a, a magic bomb. I tape a bomb onto a sword and throw it into the middle of camp, so it explodes and does a bunch of damage and causes chaos. And I just pick people off. Yeah, exactly. Huh. good game. It is. It is a really good game. I mean, like, 
I, I hate to sound like I'm shilling so hard, but like that, that feeling when you're like, oh man, I don't know how to get around this puzzle because I don't have this item or like, I'm just not good enough mm-hmm. at doing what it wants me to do. So I just take a platform and extend it out to where I need to go and then bring it back and hit rewind and just jump on the platform because it will take me over there. Like that, that's fun. That's so cool. I haven't, I haven't thought to use it like that yet. I didn't know yeah. you could. Yeah, you could. Um, at one point in the Sky Island, I didn't have, like, I had tried to build a rocket and I fucked it up. Yeah. And it like flew off somewhere. But I had two of those floating platforms. So I jumped on one, moved the other one towards where I needed to go, jumped on that one, then moved to the first one in front of me and did that like 20 times and got over to where I needed to go. It was tedious, but it worked. Hey, you got there. You did it. And this game rewards that. Exactly. (laughs) It's... Um, I'm not going to take credit for this one, but, uh, well, both Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are fantastic at making you as a player feel like a genius for solving some of these situations, some of these puzzles. Tears of the Kingdom, the solutions can be and often are so much goofier than anything you could invent in Breath of the Wild. And that's, that's in the spirit of the game, I think. And this game has made me realize that a big part of, I think, why Zelda is so appealing, uh, why this universe, why all of these games are so appealing, is just because the people in them, the actual characters, minus Zelda and sometimes Link, they're fucking dumbasses, man. They're just little baby idiots. I, and they yeah. need your help so much. And you want to help them, even though they suck ass. I ran into I ran into a group of people about to raid a monster encampment. Uh, they're all volunteers. I don't I don't think they're getting paid. I think the monster confrontation force or whatever they're called. I, I think those are just a bunch of like redneck farmers looking for something to do on the weekend. They were going out there with like pots on their heads as helmets. Exactly. Uh, oh, buddy, have you um have you have you met Hudson's number one fan yet? Yeah, Addison. Yeah, yes. dude. I've run into this fucking idiot like six times. And he just doesn't know how to hold up a sign. So I have to like duct tape pieces of wood and yes. random shit together to make the sign stand up. And it's fun. But I'm like, God, you, Addison, you fucking loser. I... And then he's like, oh, man, I never would have thought of that. Here, take all this really good shit. <laughs> I that, was that was so much funnier than the fact that like this guy couldn't hold a sign up was that when I stood the sign up for him, he gave me so much stuff. Well, oh, you 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 did a basic carpentry for me. Here is fifty dollars, uh, an elixir, and like my special homemade rice balls that will heal more health than what you have right now. Yeah, like it's oh man, I love it. <laughs> So I not to not to rag on another open world uh game, another sequel to an open world game that uh did this, but um I legitimately got giddy in the opening segment of Tears of the Kingdom when the gloom or whatever is attacking Link, and just in the upper left corner you see the hearts tick back down to yeah. three. And it's like, <laughs> all right, this is how we do it. Diegetically back to basics. Exactly. Yeah, dude, this. Oh, man. And 
so that was a problem that we've talked about it before, you know, where a lot of games do this, where you spend a game building up your character, making them this unkillable badass. And then in the sequel, they're like, due to story reasons, you have to do it all over again. Yeah. I was two hours into Jedi uh, Survivor before, like, Zelda showed up at my doorstep 24 hours early. Now, that's another thing. I played this game before any of you, you yeah, fucking yeah. losers, because GameStop fucked up my order in a good way. <laughs> and I'm... I got the game on Thursday, May 11th, at like noon. I'm and... so happy for you. I hate you, but I'm so happy for you. That is <laughs> yeah. legitimately dope. Like, yeah, it was so cool. I was like, what the hell is this? I didn't order anything that was supposed to come today. And then all of a sudden, the the glowing chest from Pulp Fiction was there. Like, I but anyway, like, Jedi Survivor says, fuck that, you're still the unkillable badass you were at the end of the first game. Okay, I, I heard Jedi Survivors did that. I heard it, um... Uh, rather than like nerf, uh, rather than nerf mullet douchebag Colin, it, uh... Yeah, it just kind of like gives you more cool stuff to do. Like it builds on what was already existing. Yeah, it introduces tougher enemies eventually and gives you more stuff to do. But you have every single ability that you had in the last game. And the enemies that you face in this game that carry over from the last game are still easy to handle now. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I thought that was really cool. I was really, really enjoying that game. It was fun as shit. It's really cool. I'm going to enjoy playing the rest of it in like two years. <laughs> um, speaking of enemies, I do love that Tears of the Kingdom, like within the tutorial even, uh, addresses one of my and a lot of people's biggest criticisms of Breath of the Wild, that it didn't have a huge uh, enemy variety. And then and then you just got like likes. You just yeah, got dude. weird, evil seeing enemies Those running scary. around. Those are a pain in the... Do they... I've never, like, lost to one or even, like, taken damage from one. Do they eat you like they did in previous games? They'll they'll suck you up and they'll take random items out of your inventory. Yep. And then they'll spit you back out, but they do a lot of damage. Uh, yep. That, that tracks. So uh, it's like, oh, man, that really good shield I had that had the flamethrower on it? Yeah. It's gone. I gotta use... I still have that. I gotta use that more. Like, that's really good and a fun solution to a lot of problems i imagine but okay next time i do a horde thing i'm busting that out and just going just going world war ii on those motherfuckers uh yeah no i the enemy variety is fantastic so far um i haven't seen any guardians and i think as far as i can tell they're all gone which would be weird since that was one of the most dangerous and most interesting enemies in the original game, but I think, I think they cleared them out. Yeah, like... because they were infested with uh, Calamity, which is wildly distinct and entirely different brand than Gloom. Yeah, dude. It may look exactly the same, but I, but the Calamity didn't have just a giant pile of hands chasing after you, scaring the absolute shit out of you. Have you come across one of those fuckers yet? Uh, no, I have not. Oh my god. <laughs> I was so scared. I just came over a hill and from like half a mile away I'm like what's that weird 
blob thing off in the distance and it was just a giant series of hands that spotted me from really far away and chased me the fuck down until i got back to my horse and could run away as fast as i could it made the sky black when it gets close to you (laughs) that Um, shit was terrifying uh did you catch a horse or is a horse you have the opportunity to like i i caught a horse i tamed it and then i brought it to a stable and named it um I heard like they said that uh, if you were playing this on the same console as uh, Breath of the Wild, your horses would carry over, but mine aren't there, so mm. I don't know if I didn't do something right. Weird. Yeah. Um. What about they, you? Did you catch a horse or like? No, I was one? never good at that in the first game, so I haven't done that yet. But I, I'm still early enough that like flying around and stuff. I, yeah, it, it it hasn't been too big of an issue yet. Um. Although getting to, oh God, what was this? Haas, the captain up in yeah. Hyrule Castle, that was a pain in the ass. That was because you just had to like keep walking, and people were like, "He's farther up." And then you like get to the top, and it's like, "Well, I'll build materials to make a cart to get back." And it's like, uh, you can't really steer this thing in any kind of meaningful way." So that's not, yeah. That I haven't weird. found one of the uh, control sticks yet. I know that they're there yep. so that you can actually steer your vehicles. But... So you can pilot the giant flaming dick Gundam uh, yeah, exactly. eventually. Oh my god. It sucks that, man, this might be the last trend on Twitter. People posting <laughs> the weird creations in Breath of the Wild. Um, speaking of enemies, though, have you run into a tree yet? Yeah. Did not like that. That was... So surprised. That was such a... <laughs> that was such a, oh my god, what is happening? And like, I shouldn't be at all... What su- is that? What the fuck is that? And like, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that fucking Trent's, like, one of the oldest fantasy tropes exist in this very fantasy game. But like... It was cool to see an Everman out in the wild and terrifying and weird and like I set one on fire and it like shook around like a tree would if it was sentient and on fire and that's that's all incredible. Oh man, I I don't know what else is there. I've done two of the towers. Have you come okay. across any of the enemies wearing like the armor? No, I got oh, uh, I saw a tip about them that like, hey, don't use swords against these guys, uh, idiot. Uh, you use a hammer or something. Yeah, like you can because you can break the armor off of them with like blunt oh. damage. Huh. Um, and then they're just as easy to kill as all the other ones. But the first time I came across one, they were like in an enemy base. Yeah, and I wanted to like get to the tower, so I went in there, and I did a I snuck up on them and did a sneak strike. With a sword, and it did zero damage, oh and it just God. alerted everyone that I was there, and then they killed me. I... <laughs> like we just spent a long time talking about like the mechanics of this game, and like didn't bring up like yeah, there are like direct combat only mechanics, like the sneak strike or the shield parry or the dodge where you can go into a flurry attack and like there are just so many ways to play this game and like I forget that those mechanics exist half the time because my approach to this game is usually 
yeah, I'm going to figure out how to chuck a bomb in there or draw their attention or do some more like immersive sim element than like get really good at parrying or dodging to win encounters. Yeah, I, I kind of play the encounters like they're a puzzle. And you can just win by being good at pressing buttons at the right time. Like, that's that's fine. Like, the, the combat mechanics in this game are not bad. Was, um, do you know if throwing materials was a thing in... Nope. Okay. That is... That's that's all new. That is also a thing I'm doing more of. Uh, yeah. Just... I, you don't have to... Like, I know it'll do more damage, but, like, if you want to set someone on fire, you don't have to shoot them with an arrow that has a fire fruit on it you can just throw the fire fruit at them and they'll light on fire yeah which i assume you can also do that to like start a fire and make it like an updraft you can just throw that shit on the ground and set everything on fire i i ran into that i ran into that uh in the early part of the game where i'm like hey without revali's gale without like updrafts i don't i've kind of forgotten how to navigate to some parts of the map uh and then i got the ascend ability and it's like oh this is like the Revali's Gale equivalent. Like, this is mm-hmm. how I would do th- Yeah. Oof. It's good. It's... It is good. Um, I guess, like, this is better. This game is better to Zelda 2. Um, it's not totally clear what she has going on, but at least she is participating. <laughs> in the events of this game a little bit more than the past one yeah i i'm picking up on um like there being divergent timelines like she's yeah, in mean, the past sticking around right now she's yeah. definitely in the past right and like sending messages out into the future for link to find um i have no idea what ganondorf's deal is still i I have not come across hydrated Ganondorf yet. No, I don't. I don't know at what point you figure that shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? God, it's so much is going on in this game. Uh, I haven't gotten back to the Great Plateau yet either, and I wonder if anything weird or interesting. Would he be at the Shrine of Resurrection to get? Hmm. Yeah, um, I'm... the Shrine of Resurrection is in this game. You can okay. get there. Okay. The, the I have come across the Great Plateau. It does not look. It is not the plateau. It is not like a super high tower in the sky anymore. Right. It's it's like it got brought back down to earth during the um, upheaval. The upheaval. Some stuff was sent up. Some stuff went down. Very confusing. Mm-hmm. Who knows. Okay, that is fantastic now. And I imagine if I'm going to the Rito area, I'll be headed generally that way anyway. Um, God, I, I don't. This game is just so impressive and so like effortless. Uh, well, I don't want to say effortlessly brilliant because obviously a lot of incredibly talented and hardworking people spent a ton of time working on this, but it just feels so effortlessly masterful that... How are they even doing some of this stuff? How how do you code the fuse mechanic, the the ultra hand stuff into this game where like this is a fantasy game, but you can definitely like build a a, a contraption, my guy. Yes. You can build a fucking contraption. I've seen people build like engines, like motors in here mm. using actual engineering principles and 
How does that work in a video game that has a smaller download size than a Call of Duty update? Yeah, dude, like I am thoroughly impressed with how well this game has been running. Like consider yeah. considering like the the draw distances it has to do, and I know they did all this shit in Breath of the Wild, but like there's just so much more going on, right? Like there's three layers of this world, and they're all as big as each other. <laughs> uh, seemingly, yeah. I I've yet to go back to a Sky Island though, and I only made one trip underground, so I'm not totally sure how those spaces uh work. Yeah, I know that there are areas that are denser. The Sky Islands are not like everywhere, so I guess I shouldn't say they're just as big. Yeah, because you know. I launched myself in the air with one of the the towers and I did land on some sky islands, but there wasn't really a whole lot going on there. Okay. I know there are areas with like actual puzzles and like ones that have their own shrines and and that kind of stuff, but Um, not everywhere. Do you, uh, that white dragon that's hanging out in the tutorial area, is that new? Is that a new dragon? I don't know. I, I don't know if that was, a new dragon or if that was the uh you know because there was three in the right first that one. Was there was like one a yellow ones, one a green yeah. one and a blue one yeah i don't know if this is supposed to be the blue one or if it's completely different right and that was before before the part of the game where i had unlocked a camera so i couldn't like take a picture and like glean from that uh what was up there this game has a be- uh, this game has a bestiary in it you can take pictures of monsters you can take pictures of animals and items yeah. and stuff and like it's not just Set it to a sensor, and then you'll know when it's nearby. It's like actual, like, hey, you want a little lore? You want a little info about this world? Which is superfluous, but I find so endearing. I... You got anything else? Like, I, I, I'm enjoying talking about this so much, but it's really making me just want to, like... Play it, play more. it uh, even more, you know? Yeah. I gotta... That's the thing I have to do, though. I have to figure out how to, like set an allowance for time playing this so I don't get burnt out and also like how do I fit this in with other games I want to play this year because Final Fantasy 16 is out in like a month and a week and I also got to play that yeah I don't I don't know dude because you could just go and like straight face this game and get the story done and that kind of stuff but like you could also just spend a ton of time doing wacky shit for no other reason than doing the wacky shit and the wacky shit's fun like that my one criticism of this game and this sounds so disingenuous like the what's your one flaw it's i'm a perfectionist it's like this is kind of too much video game it's very big there's a lot of stuff to do and there's so many mechanics all of them are fun (laughs) it's It's like, like you just keep like you're not gonna be able to progress at a good enough pace, and like that was an advantage that Breath of the Wild had over this one because nobody was quite sure how big that game was. Like I remember playing the tutorial, the Great Plateau, and then like I did that entire area, and I forget if I just never thought to zoom the map out or if it doesn't let you until you finish the tutorial. But then the map pulls out as far as it could, and I realized I was on a very small space there. But I am now going into this game knowing that there's as much space as Breath of the Wild and even more to do in it. Yeah. It's intimidating. It is. 
Really I mean, like it them. is really one of those games where they're like, this is the last game you ever need to play, at least for a while. Like, you could play this for a really long time, but that's not realistic. No. And, like, the stuff I want to do isn't even, like, waypoints on a map half the time. Like, the first time I went back to uh, the main area uh, after the tutorial, uh, the lookout or whatever, uh, the chasm lookout, castle lookout, whatever it's called. Came back there after running around for a little bit. Met a bird man who was like, hey, I'm a reporter. Bet you'd be a good one, too. And I'm like, I've never wanted a bird man to tell me anything more in my life. Where do <laughs> where do I go? Hey, he's a pelican. I haven't seen one he's of those be- in this game before. Just a pelican guy. I think that might be a One Piece reference, actually. Are you serious? I yeah, I don't. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, so like I, I, I gotta play more of this game. I gotta, yeah, figure out what's up. I want, I want even more weirdos to show. I haven't met Hatsu yet. I, I wonder what that dude's gotten up to in the indeterminate amount of time between the pre between the two games. Oh yeah, I, I need to find him too. Right, I. I forgot how limited that weapon space was. Like you fill up those seven or whatever slots so fast. Hmm. Okay. I I have no idea how long we were talking about this, but this feels like a good break point. Um, thank you all so much for listening to the 222nd episode of the voluntary viewing podcast, which will be some dumb title, like The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom Spectacular, or something like that. I don't know. I'll figure it out in post. If you like what you heard, like, comment, subscribe, etc. Check us out. Instagram, YouTube, TikTok for highlight clips. Act the link in the description. Support us on Patreon and join the likes of the terrific Tiffany Cole, Sucky Badger, and Sensual Richard Nixon. Follow us on Twitter at V2 underscore podcast for updates. And follow me at LucasDeWriter on Twitter to keep up with all of my writing. Uh... Thank you all so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, wait, I did that at the top. Fuck me. Um, Have a great week. Goodbye. Enjoy Zelda if you're playing it. If you're not, you should be. Bye. Bye.